I am so excited to have Sean Tario on tonight. It's a little bit about Sean. He's a father. He's an entrepreneur. He's a seed investor. Most importantly, he's a Christian and he's a patriot. So we're going to talk about how we can secure our privacy, how we can talk about ways that we as believers and as Christians and patriots can, can ensure that we have our privacy, that we can protect ourselves from the surveillance of big tech. But most importantly, I want everyone to learn more about about Sean and about his company, about ways that we can help each other out in terms of securing our data and making sure that nobody's spying on us and that we don't get censored as a lot of people have been censored by big tech during this day and time. So welcome, Sean. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. No problem. No problem. So before we delve into what you do and the data privacy piece, just talk me through your background and, and your history and what where you come from, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to keep this brief because it is a long story, but I come hail out of Chicago, North Shore of Chicago, uh, born and raised out there. And and honestly, the, the key to this story is I had a father who thankfully was very much awake, uh, very much seeking Christ in all things and truth and love. And he sat me down when I was 14 and made me watch a VHS video series called The Creature from Jekyll Island. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of that book or it's about the history of money and banking and finance and the Federal Reserve and whatnot. So at 14, I really learned what is money, what has value, uh, that our Federal Reserve is neither federal nor a reserve. Uh, and I started asking a lot of questions and I started really noticing all the influence around me, trying to steer me in certain directions and the narrative plays that were going on. So uh, for, for better or worse, at a very young age, I became a conspiracy theorist, as you know, almost all of my friends back then in high school and in college and beyond will, will attest. Uh, and it's interesting times because, you know, obviously 100% of the things that I was talking about were, were going to happen have now happened. And it's one of those paradigms where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm devastated to be right. Right. I don't want to be right about these things. I don't want to be right about how things have evolved, but they have gone that way and they are that way. Um, so my father also was in um, on the exchanges. So I spent a lot of time on the floors of the Chicago Board of Trade, Chicago Options Exchange uh, in New York at the different exchanges in New York and had some some interesting backdoor access onto these floors and exchanges because my dad at the time was actually working for the exchanges themselves. So he was actually in the middle of helping to convert a lot of these trading floors from manual, you know, people throwing hand signs and paper mm -hmm. constantly flying around these floors uh, for buy, sell transactions of stocks or bonds or whatever it might be to digital. And my dad is not a tech guy. Um, so he would bring home a lot of these computers and he would basically park them in front of me and say, Sean, figure this stuff out and teach it to me. And so for better or worse, you know, at a young age, I became a geek as well and learned how these computers work and whatnot. And, you know, fast forward many years, I've, I've been an entrepreneur since I've, I was 19, probably. And if you really get into me shoveling driveways and mowing lawns and whatnot, probably a lot earlier than that. Um, but I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, started a company when I was uh, with a handful of friends when I was a sophomore in college, got that bug and that itch. Uh, so I've been in and around uh, startups for a very long time. I got married. My wife and I got pregnant. Uh, my wife basically said, look, you need a real job with to get stability and security and, and health insurance, or this is going to be a very short marriage. And so right, I, right. <laughs> I sucked it up and I got a real job in corporate America, actually working for a very large software development firm. So I, I learned a lot about software development. And then I got into the data center world 
And for those who don't know data centers, I know you do, Sean, but for those who don't know data centers, they're massive warehouses that have thousands of servers, if not tens of thousands of servers. Uh, and they're designed to never lose power and they're designed to never lose network connectivity. So you've got massive infrastructure, big battery backup systems and diesel generators. And they're really kind of interesting, cool buildings. And so I, I got thrown into that industry and fell in love with that industry and was in Silicon Valley at the time because I went to university in the Bay Area. So I was there from 98 uh, onwards. So as you can imagine, I was there for the end of the boom and then yep. into the bust. Right. Uh, and then things ramping back up again and then busting again and ramping back up again. Yeah. So long story short, one of the key pieces to all of this, because I, I had access to all these different types of businesses of every different shape and size and whatnot, being in this data center and hosting industry, you get to see all these different companies that need technology to operate, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't focus in just like the medical field. I had medical clients, I had software as a service clients, I had, um, you name it, banks, I had insurance companies, I had law firms, I mean, you name it. So I saw how all these different businesses are using technology. And then I started following the money. Because that mm -hmm. was always one thing my dad always taught me is if you follow the money, Sean, you'll be able to see who owns a business. And it's not always the public face, the CEO or the COO or the CMO, the PR guys for the company. You really have to see who has the ownership of the business. And if you know who has the ownership of business, you can quickly figure out what the ethos is mm -hmm. of those people that have ownership. And then with that, you'll figure out how they're going to operate as a business. So... With that in mind, I started following the money within the data center industry, within the hosting industry, and really being in Silicon Valley, started meeting the different venture capital firms and the private equity firms, and I started following the money, right? So mm -hmm. now we kind of take it for granted. We're like, oh, well, BlackRock and Vanguard wow. and State Street and Berkshire Hathaway, like people now know that these companies own everything. Right. But 15 years ago, when I started digging into this and I was telling people, a very small group of people and companies have ownership of all these different publicly traded companies and the private equity firms because they're invested in these private equity firms and they're invested in the venture capital firms, right? They've got their right. money in all these different pots. So they're controlling and dictating what's happening across all these different playing fields mm -hmm. in the investment industry. So it becomes very obvious. You just follow who's well, who's running the show here. What's the ethos of these people that are running the show? Are they biblical conservatives? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> and, and like many of our politicians, they might say yeah. they are, right? Yep. But when you look right. at their actions, they're not. Mm -hmm. right? They're not. So, so being in the industry for as long as I have and watching all that play out, I was like, I, I can't participate in this. And not only that, I saw the writing on the wall many, many years ago and that I knew that they had a stranglehold on the industry. They had a stranglehold on where the data lives. So our whole existence online, whether it's our cell phones or it's the email services that we're using, or it's the um, any software as a service that we're using, they control it all, they own it all. And they can very simply and very easily decide, we don't want this type of content that violates our terms of service to exist on our platforms or on our servers. So we can just turn them off, right? Right. And so I was warning and I was screaming and yelling at, at the people that I work with. I was saying, look, this is going to happen. <laughs> They're going to censor us. They're going to leverage this as a means to turn us off and, and not allow us to participate online. 
and destroy our businesses, try to destroy our credibility and whatnot. And people said, you're crazy. This is America, Sean. There's no way that will happen. We have the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have the Fourth Amendment. We have all these different pieces that are in place. And what most people don't know is when you're at that level of power, they don't care what the Constitution says. It's merely a a hurdle that they have to try to figure out how they can maneuver around, right? Um, and I can go on for hours and hours, Sean, but, you know, one of the kicker, right, is when people yeah. keep saying, oh, this is a threat to our democracy. This is a threat to our democracy. And I'm like, well, yeah, if we were a democracy, but we're exactly. not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. Right, right, right. right. And if you look at what our forefathers said about democracies. They were not fans of democracies. No, 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 not at all, because, you know, yeah, as you know, in a democracy, it's based upon mob rule. So if you get 51 percent. Right. The populace can think of something crazy, but they have 51 percent. And that's what you see happening in the culture today. You see them pushing agendas because they want to get mass appeal, because that's why they keep saying that stuff about a threat to democracy. And we got to protect our democracy because, and you know, this, Sean, a lot of people are not taught civics in high school anymore. So a lot of people don't even know about how our government, our constitutional republic works. They think that the president is a king or he's a potentate or something that whatever he decrees happens. I mean, people right. really don't understand it. And that's intentional. I mean, we can go down the rabbit hole. I know we're here to talk about data privacy and we will, but right. we can go down a rabbit hole of the intentionality of how they poison the minds of the educational system, how people come out dumb and don't know anything so they can maintain their serfdom, if you will, to the state. I mean, we can we can really go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, that same dynamic, right, where the the American people don't understand that government isn't there to give us rights. Right. And to say you can't exactly. can't do this. Right. We control the government. It's right. our job to dictate to them what they can and can't do, right? right? And that same paradigm applies in the data world and in the digital world. In that, we believe, we've been indoctrinated, and literally these big tech companies, and I'm just going to blow your mind here for a little bit, and I train yeah. on this. I literally travel the country right now for the last mm-hmm. 15 months, and I train organizations and groups on this, and I spend three, four hours educating people on this very topic. So we, we only have a limited amount of time. So I'm going to try to dump yeah. as much information as I possibly can as quickly as possible. Take your time. Dump as much as you can. Take your time. So between Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Apple, these five mm-hmm. companies, they make over $1 trillion a year. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of that trillion dollars, they spend tens of billions with a B, tens of billions of dollars annually on candidates and causes that are specifically trying to undermine our sovereignty and undermine our civil liberties, right? Right. In addition to that, they have been spending hundreds of billions of dollars a year for probably about 20 plus years now on trying to make us absolutely addicted to these things and our laptops, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that we feel like we can't, my precious, right? If you've seen the Lord of the Rings, it's like, People can't let go. They don't know how to let go of it. We've been so trained and indoctrinated to think that we need Google services. We need Apple services. We need everything in the iCloud universe or the Google Google Cloud universe or Microsoft's Windows world, right? Even in business, right? Everyone right. uses Microsoft Teams. Everyone uses Zoom. Everyone uses these applications that are not only designed 
to harvest all of our data, mm-hmm. even though they say, oh, we don't do this, we don't do this. You just have to look at all the court cases that these companies have literally lost. Almost every month they lose a court case somewhere and have to pay fines to the tunes of billions of dollars for lying about what they're right. doing or not doing with our data, right? Yeah. yeah. And almost every day a new article comes out, we're like, oh, now people are, are aware of the fact that Apple is harvesting all of our data. And now people are aware of the fact that Google's harvesting. It's like, this is stuff that I've been screaming at people about and trying to educate people about for years where they're like, you're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. Now they're like, huh, <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe they yeah. are doing this, right? Right, right. So I can go on forever about all the different ways. I got, I got, so speaking of that, I got a question for you because, and it's so interesting that you mentioned that because I've noticed recently how Apple is touting their privacy when it comes to securing their data or data that is in the the ecosystem of iCloud, if you will. So what do you think about that when they are pushing? Because I noticed also, given my background working in the marketing area and other areas, how Facebook is saying they're cracking down on advertising spending and how Google is saying they're cracking down on ad spending on on people, on marketers being able to to being able to spy on your behavior and give you um, products based upon your the cookies that they've placed on your computer. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's completely bogus. I think it's all lies. And I know this for a fact, right? So, Sean, the simple reality is this. These companies don't exist at the scale that they exist without providing complete backdoor access to our our federal spy agencies, Mm. FBI, CIA, NSA, the rest of them. They cannot exist. They don't do anything in the world without providing that access. And it's specifically Mm. for national security reasons, Mm. right? Hey, security. So was this what you think it was part of the whole Patriot Act or was it going on before the whole Patriot Act? It was, was it was going on well before the Patriot Act, but I actually read the Patriot Act. I was 20, wow. 21 years old. My friends thought I was insane because if you saw the thing, it was like a massive friggin' yeah, massive book, right? Yeah. I read the thing and I was screaming at my professor saying, like, we can't let this happen. Like, this is this is horrible. Right. We're just basically giving up all of our rights. And they say, oh, it's for national security reasons. Our government mm-hmm. would never try to use this against us, would they? <laughs> what have they been yeah, doing over the last you know, decade plus that we know about, right? Right. So all that did was provide public justification and legal justification for what they've already been doing for a very long time. Hmm. That makes sense. Makes sense. Makes a whole lot of sense. So, because yes. I've I've read about, you know, I'm sure you heard about this, the COINTEL Pro that was done back in the day. How how the government, the military was was definitely into the the psyop kind of deal to convince Americans to to do certain things. So, I well, we can go down a rabbit hole and it's this guy because I think it makes sense to me why so many and people don't understand how when when you are presented with a product. A marketing product. And here's another question for you: Why it kind of makes sense now? What, in your opinion, why do you think people have been so duped into feeling the urge and the pressure to get these brand new shiny devices every single year? It seems like people would know that 
you have a phone and that phone should work for a long period of time. But yet you see these long lines of people. I call it hyper um, commercialism, hyper materialism, if you will. Yeah. People are so addicted. You're right. People are so addicted to these things that when a brand new phone comes out, it may not have but one or two more features in the phone you have. They have to get them. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, it's, it's a lot of different factors, right? It's not just one. It's com it's all compiled and for different people, they hit you on different levels, right? So again, yeah. they've spent trillions of dollars over the last 20 years trying to perfect and master how do we make people addicted to these things, mm -hmm. right? So it's through, it, why is it that certain people feel the need to have like 50 pairs of shoes <laughs> true, or, true. you know, 50 pairs of whatever, you know, suit jackets mm -hmm. or suits yeah. or or whatever, or mm -hmm. purses, or what you, you name it, right? So right. there's part there's part of that. That's the commercial marketing. Oh, I need the next new new thing um, because then I'll I'll be popular, or I'll you know my status will show. And that's what mm -hmm. Apple was so effective at doing is it, it was yeah. a status thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So they hit you on those levels, but then they also hit you with the dopamine hits, right? The True. constant dopamine hits of needing to spend longer to do these things. And what what's crazy to me. Is with all these new devices, if you look at like the nominal difference and nominal change that you're getting on like the, you know, let's just say the, the Pixel 8 versus the Pixel 7 versus the Pixel 6, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, this makes zero sense. Or the, I, I don't know what iPhone is on now, like iPhone 18 or whatever they're on now. Yeah. It Crazy. doesn't matter. Yeah. So yeah. what is the difference? The difference is this, and this is what is just mind blowing for someone who's a, a geek and understands this stuff. What they have done is they've just added more processing power to these devices, which makes it easier for them to mm -hmm. mine your data, listen to what you have going on, pull mm -hmm. out the certain keywords so that they can market to you harder, right? Mm -hmm. So that they can right. aggregate and listen and use this, uh, you know, learning language models. I, I try not to use the word mm -hmm. intelligence because I don't think that yes. it is intelligence at all. Um, it's a tool like anything else, but... They've made it so that they save money because they don't have to do that processing now on their servers in the cloud, in their right. data centers. They're now doing it on your device. So you're now paying for the privilege to save them money while they're trying to make more money off of you and steal more of your data in the process. Wow. Right? It's like, right. once you get this, right. you can't unknow these things, right? This yeah. is like learning about our monetary system and realizing, wait a second, there's nothing backing our currency. We nope. have nothing backing our currency and they can just keep printing more and more money. And there's really no right. And there's a, it's a private entity, private companies that actually mm. own the federal reserve. And right. wait a second, right. what? This makes no right. sense, right? <laughs> it's the same with these things. And I yeah. get passionate about this because it literally makes yeah. no sense. And it drives me yeah. crazy that people look at this and they're like, Oh well, whatever. No, this so, thing is listening to all my conversations, and I know this for a fact because I was yeah. just talking to my friend the other day about real estate and buying a new house, and I just started to happen to see a bunch of ads about yeah. houses. Yeah. I know it's listening to me. I know yeah. it's listening to me. I know that for right. a fact it's listening to all right. my conversations, but eh, so what? Right. So let me ask you this. So you think these companies are doing this because they are being well, incentivized by the government to have technically these listening devices to protect national security? Or do you think these companies presented this option to the government? So it's like fascism. I mean, these companies are in bed with the government to control the people. So do you think it was the government that actually 
Because think about it. There's it's only a a marriage zone. It goes both ways. It goes okay. Both ways. Okay. It's okay. like it's like well, duh. Of course, we're going to play together and work together. We can yeah. make a ton of money in the process as well. So why right. would we not do this, right? right? It's like Hollywood. When you understand that Hollywood, and well, let's just step back. Mm-hmm. Let's look at something like social media. Yeah. Right. Or Twitter. Right. How much money has Twitter made over the last ten years? Profit. How much net profit? They haven't made much profit, right? They haven't they made haven't, much money. They've yeah. lost billions yeah, of dollars, money. right? Yeah. Elon Musk complained about all the money's lost. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How how does this company still exist when they have been losing tens of billions of dollars? And then when you realize, wait a second, it's because this is simply a marketing agency. Mm. This is a propaganda marketing arm, media apparatus for a much, much bigger, much larger agenda. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. And when you look and you follow the money, you look at, well, who has the large equity stake in these businesses? Right. What right. is their ethos? Right. And I don't know, Sean, how far down this rabbit hole you've gone down, but these people are evil people. I know. Right? Yep. Evil yep, people. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they are. When, you, when you're looking at this thing, well, if the agenda is control and the agenda is to steer people away from Christ, mm-hmm. away from um, nuclear family, away from, um, you know, love, unconditional love, away mm-hmm. from free thinking abilities, right? right and actually right. knowing the truth, this right. all starts to make sense right. as to why the government is really in bed with these devices, these device manufacturers and these software companies. When I don't really view the government, the government is just a proxy, right? Mm-hmm. There are much, there are corporations that make more money than our own GDP in the United States, right? True. So yeah. Once you understand this bigger picture that is at play here, it makes perfect sense. This is just a tool that is being used by these much larger players to influence the masses and to steer them and drive them in a certain direction, right? Right. So right. you've heard of the World Economic Forum, right? Uh-huh. I sure have. have. You heard of this guy, Yuval Yuri or something? Yuri. I've heard of Yuri. Yep. I know he's probably the most anti-God person there is. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he he says something very um very key and people misinterpret it because he said we've learned how to hack human mm-hmm. behavior. Yeah, right? hackable animals. Yep. Humans are hackable right? now. Mm-hmm. And people think, oh, well, what does that mean? Like they can hack our code, like we have code. Like I, I don't get that. Like, are we computers? They want to convert right. us to computers and they'll hack us that way. And it's no. What they have learned by watching your habits, Sean. If I know everything you're buying, where you're buying it who you're playing with and who you're spending time with. I know mm-hmm. every conversation you've ever, ever had with these people. I know the conversations that you're having online with different people. I know all the groups you're, if I know everything about you, Sean, I can very easily trigger you. Right. I know exactly what to say. I know mm-hmm. how to say it to get you to do and or say things that I want you to say and or do. And mm-hmm. that happens not only on an individual level, but a group level as well. True. So they've become so good at manipulating the narrative to steer people's opinions and and steer people's behavior in certain ways because they have access to all of this data. Right. Right. True. Yeah, they do. They do have access. And the sad part about it, people willingly give them access to this data because you know this and we'll get into some of the stuff that you're definitely doing to help fight back against this, but you you know that people 
they don't see it as an issue, Sean, because it doesn't affect them on a day-to-day basis. It's like one of those things people, when they see someone hurting in a third world country, they may not react as they would if they saw that person in their house because it doesn't affect them. And the same thing kind of applies with their your data. They just think, oh, well, it's just a phone. Nobody's going to really do anything about it. But they don't know all the reams and reams of information that people are, are capturing on you. Like you right. said, that you are hackable. They know your your habits. They know what you like. What you, Why do you think they have, if you go on Facebook or any of these social media sites, they can trigger you because most people stay in their silos and most people want to hear things that reinforce what they believe. So they just amplify that to make you more and more upset and we get angry at each other. I mean, this whole deal with, with race is just something they're amplifying to get us more and more upset at each other of something that we can't change. It's so crazy, but yet people are being manipulated and their minds are being controlled by this. Yep. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, so so let's let's play on that, right? Yeah. If, if I gave you, Sean, it, I think we can all, your, your listeners probably and you yourself would acknowledge we're at war right now, right? Yeah. We're, we're at right. war with, with enemies, foreign and domestic, but there's mm-hmm. also a big spiritual battle going on, spiritual oh, yeah. war. That's the war. That's the real war. That's the real war. That's the war that really Mm -hmm. matters the most, right? Right. But if we're at war right now, and I gave you a weapon, and I said, Sean, just so you know, here's a firearm. Um, I I don't have time to train you on this thing, but I am going to let you know that there is a GPS tracking device on that, a camera, and a microphone on that, and all that information is actually being fed to the enemy that you're about to go fight. Mm -hmm. Would you use that weapon? No, I would not. You'd be crazy to, right? You'd be crazy to. You'd be crazy too. So yeah. for every person that I ask, do you think that we're at war right now? And they're like, oh yeah, we're at war right now. I say that same thing. And I'm like, so why do you continue to use these things that are yeah. literally feeding everything to the enemy? Because they can't see it, Sean. They can't see, they can't see the impact to themselves. What I that conversation that we're having right now, right, has probably unlocked a few things in your head where you're like, oh. Holy smokes! Yeah, get it now, right? Yeah, you can't you can't now unknow those things, right? Right. This is like being told, hey, when you go to the grocery store and you buy these certain products, this stuff is poison. Over time, Mm -hmm. it's going to kill you. It's going to continue to kill you, right? You're gonna start eventually. You're gonna be like, you know what? I need to stop buying the Oreos. I need to stop buying the Doritos. (laughs) I need to stop buying the spam, or I need to stop buying these things that are I'm just feeding into my system mm-hmm. that is low frequency that is literally killing the cells in my body and right. petrifying my I need to stop doing that right, right. I'm going to stop drinking a liter of soda right every day right. once you know that you have to make that choice either I care mm-hmm. and I'm going to make a conscious decision to change or I'm apathetic and screw it right yep there's yep. nothing I can do about it right, right. so right. I, I've reached a point in my life where I'm here to arm the people who are on the front lines of this war right now, who yeah. I don't have to explain to them the fact that we're at war right now. There's enough talking yeah. heads out there and enough saying yeah. they're out there pushing that message. I'm here to say, yeah. hey, for those on the front lines, you don't need to be using weapons that are literally controlled and owned by the enemy. Yeah. And there's simple ways to do that. Open source is key. Using Linux is key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically the equivalent to Linux, which is called Android, open source Android. Yeah. Um, people say, oh, well, Google, Google is Android. Well, Google is not Android. Google took the open source mobile operating system called Android and they made their own thing of it. And it's a closed mm-hmm. source system. But by using close or by using open source software and open yeah. source operating systems, right. you then regain control of these devices. Right. So that that data is in your control. 
That doesn't mean that if I download a Facebook app on my phone and I give Facebook access to my contacts and my Wi-Fi and all these things, that Facebook isn't going to then get access to them. I've given them access. Mm -hmm. But in the paradigm we live in today, you download that app. It says, click here to accept our terms and conditions. Who reads the terms and conditions, Sean? Nobody. Nobody reads it. Nobody reads it. But what you've effectively done when you said, okay, is you've given them free reign access to your entire device. Right. That's how like this flashlight app that you might download (laughs) is making money off of you. And you don't even know it because they've got access to your GPS. They've got access to what you're doing on all your your other applications. Mm -hmm. They've got access to all these things that you have no idea that you just gave them access to. Right, right. Right. And, and they sell that data back to these third party companies. And that's why you get all these things in the mail. That's why you get these pop ups on your device. And when right. people are like, wow, I was just thinking it's, it's crazy. I heard somebody telling a story the other day, like, wow, I was just thinking about this. And it popped up on my phone. No, you're being listened to. You're being surveilled. And somebody heard that. And therefore, they they specifically pinpointed this advertisement just for you at this right time, because they know at this just time you sit here and you looking at this particular app and they know right where you are and what you're doing. Yeah. And there you go. Right. Yeah. You're right. You for paused. The- it gets, it gets into the minutia, dude. You yeah. paused as you were scrolling through something and you stopped and you looked at something yeah. for like two seconds versus the like 0.2 seconds. Mm-hmm. That just, and they're like, Oh, they're interested in this one thing. So we need to feed them that. Right. Right. It's that sophisticated. It can get that targeted. And that's right. how they've attacked our behavior. That's right. what they're talking about. Right. So let me ask you this question. So open source, a lot of people may or may not know about open source. They may think open source that it's susceptible to being hacked or their information being um, stolen. What what, what do you say to people like that? Yeah. Super simple. So if I have the blueprints to my house Mm -hmm. and I can see where the electrical is, I can see where the plumbing is. I know where all the windows are. I can see every story. I I know where everything is. You can say, well, that's going to give the enemy the ability to figure out where the threat vectors are inside your house, 100%. But it also gives me the ability to see where those are. And if I'm True. serious about this, I'm going to say, okay, uh, there's a vulnerability in my garage over here uh, at you know 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. This thing opens up and might provide access to someone outside. I need to block that. And the more people that have eyes on the blueprints, the more people who can see and say, hmm, there's opportunities for people to exploit X, Y, and Z. Right. And if I'm the business that is running and building this open source code set, and I fix that issue when someone says, hey, you need to fix this, and I go and fix it, mm-hmm. because it's open source, the community now can say, yep, that got fixed. Yeah. But in a closed source environment like we exist today with Windows, mm-hmm. right? When someone right. says, hey, Windows, by the way, there's this big vulnerability over here you really should fix this. And they yeah. come back and they do an update and they say, we fixed it. Uh, trust us. Right. Exactly. Trust us. It's yeah. taken care of. Don't worry about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't want you to see what's really going on in their code. Not so much from an intellectual property perspective, but because then you'll start to find out that they're providing all of this backdoor access mm-hmm. to all of these different agencies and companies that they have sold this access to. Right. 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 And it's, Again, from a national security perspective, or if I'm these intelligence agency agencies, it's brilliant because when yeah. all these different governments and companies are deploying Windows devices and laptops and machines all over the place, they've got access to them, right? Mm-hmm. This digs into encryption. People ask all the time, well, what, do, what kind of encryption technology do you use? And I say, look, encryption is useless if you're still using big tech, big tech operating systems. 
Hmm. Because Sean, you and I might be talking on Signal or on Session or on Telegram or whatever it is, yeah. and I'm on yeah. all open source stuff, right? Right. But you're not. Right. So if I if I'm Apple or Google, I can still see that conversation on your end. I see what you see. I hear what you hear. So it renders that encryption pretty much useless. It helps hmm. from a man in the middle attack, someone who's trying to intercept that data and yeah. trying to transcribe it and try to figure out, well, what was the conversation or what was the video? That's going to be really tough for someone to do. But if right. I see your laptop, then I see what pops up on your screen. Mm-hmm. Or if I see your phone, I see the message that just popped up on your phone. It's the same with email, right? You might be having a conversation with someone and you're on an encrypted email service, but yeah. they're still using Gmail. True, true. Then that conversation true. is being archived by mm-hmm. Gmail, by Google. That's true. That whole conversation. So we have to start learning about this stuff. Again, if you have a firearm, I don't know if you yeah. carry, but if you carry, and you have to learn how to use this thing. Mm-hmm. You don't just walk out in public and say, oh, I'm, I'm loaded just in case, right? You're bound to eventually shoot yourself right. or shoot someone around you. Right. And what I'm teaching people is you are literally blowing your digital head off and those around you on a regular basis with these devices because you don't even understand how they work. And that's, again, by design. They're yeah. so conveniently just mm-hmm. do the simple things that you want them to do that you don't even question what else is going on with the device? That that's interesting. So let me I got a number of questions, but I want to take you in this direction. What do you think about all this Alexa, all this, these, these listening devices? You know, everybody wants their whole home connected. You got all of these appliances now that can speak, they all connect and talk to each other in the cloud, they're listening to you. And now I'm telling you, it's gonna get to the point to where. You press a button, it's probably already there in your refrigerator and you're going to have like shipped or something else delivered to your house. I mean, what do you think about this whole Internet of Things and where they're trying to get your whole home connected? So I think it's a matter of where is that data being stored and who has access to it? Again, it goes back to following the money. Right. In this scenario, it's follow the data, right? True. Follow the data. Data is currency. Who has access to that data? What are they doing with that data? (laughs) What is the ethos of the people who have access to your data, right? Right. Do you believe that they're going to take care of your best interests? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. I spent a number of years of my life specifically building data center companies and hosting companies, security network companies that are owned by God-fearing patriots who will literally fight to the death to protect our First Amendment rights and our Second Amendment rights and our unalienable rights, right? Right. Because that was necessary. If we don't own that physical infrastructure layer that all this data lives in, then they can instantly just turn us off. So that was, for me, that was the first problem set that had to be solved for. We need to take ownership and control of that part of the the stack, right? Of the layer, mm-hmm. the IT stack. Right. Right. Takes that. Mm-hmm. We have to own that. And then, because I could build the most amazing free speech app in the world, but if it's sitting on Amazon Web Services or on Google servers or in GoDaddy, they can say, oh, you're violating our terms of service for whatever reason. They can make Mm -hmm. something up and just say, you've got 24 hours and you're gone, right? Which is what they've done over and over again. Yeah, they did at the parlor, right? Was it parlor that they did that too or attempted to do that too? Yes, 100%. And that's what really woke people up because when I was screaming and yelling at people, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And they were like, this will never happen, Sean, you're crazy. 
then parlor got deplatformed and they were like holy yeah. smokes my phone started blowing up over the course of weeks and people were like what do we do what do we do where do we go yeah. you were yeah. right oh my gosh right yeah 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 that's crazy. so i knew that we couldn't move on to the device piece of this equation until we had control of the infrastructure mm -hmm. piece of this equation right so in terms of infrastructure are you doing this in the cloud or do you have on-premise physical servers that you're using so uh that's that's a loaded question because it means lots of, of different things right that's so right. The, the operating system right the operating itself is open source okay. the one we use is called graphene os and you can go to grapheneos.org and you can dig into what they do and it is truly the most private the most secure open source operating system for mobile device devices out there right it really mm -hmm. only works on pixel devices and so we take pixel we take refurbished mint condition devices pixel devices of which there are literally billions billions of really? used refurbished devices that can do more than what 99% of the population need the phone to do hmm. right so you don't need to buy a brand new device and i have this conversation with people all the time people are like oh why don't you just oem your own phones and whatnot i said because we don't need to there's no reason to. And in fact, if you look at where all the minerals and materials and stuff that come that make up these things, you would be stunned, shocked, and probably cry yourself to sleep. Yep. Right? You've heard of blood diamonds, right? And, and, the, and the slave labor that's used, like all these EV cars, all the things they got to yes. mine to make these yes. EV cars. Child run. labor, yeah. slave labor. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. it's sad. It's so disgusting. Yeah. So for me right. to say, I want to go out and, and manufacture a thousand new phones, all yeah. I'm doing is creating more demand for that exploitation that's going on right, when right. it's totally unnecessary, totally not needed. But that didn't answer the question. So right. going back to uh, the operating system. So yeah. the operating system is important. It sits on the hardware. We rip everything Google off of this thing and we basically load it fresh with a brand new operating system that you control, you have ownership of, right? And then we load on top of this a whole bunch of different applications that are mostly open source. Some of them you have to pay for. Uh, but they're owned by companies and that we vetted that are constitutional Christian patriots, right? Yeah. So whether it's the browser, mobile mapping application, um, social networks, whatever, mm -hmm. it's all available. It's all feeding companies that are actually wanting to support our cause, not trying to kill us, right? Right. And I can do every, I run three businesses off of this phone and an open source laptop that I'm talking to you right now. I literally okay. can do all my WordPress, uh, not my, my WordPress, but my documents, my Excel mm -hmm. spreadsheets, all this stuff is there. It's all available. People mm -hmm. don't know about it because we don't have multi-billion dollar marketing budgets and we don't own the media companies to then push this stuff out and convince people that they need to be going this route. But the good news is people are going this route in droves. Okay. There's literally this hockey stick now of utilization yeah. of Linux, of Brave Browser, of all these different tools that are privacy security focused. Yeah. And this is a big reason why we see an even bigger stamp down that's trying to come from the government through regulation mm -hmm. and from corporations saying, well, we're going to start tracking um, hate speech on an exponential level now and start yeah. tracking your text messages and your emails and not even allow you to send certain correspondence if you're using our platforms, if they violate our terms of service, right? Which mm -hmm. they literally decide on the on the fly what they think is or isn't a true. violation of the terms of service. True, true. So 
That's a great place. So if somebody wanted to get started, so let's say you're having this conversation with a novice, you're speaking these things to this person, and this is the first time they've heard it. I'm sure you've had that reaction from a lot of people before. What are like the first things that you would recommend them do? Like, I mean, because a lot of people are so people don't understand how how wide this web is and how thick this web is and how deep it really goes. So what would be like the first thing you would tell people to do just to deprogram themselves from all the different connections and and how they are connected to big tech in so many ways? Like what are some things you would recommend that they do? So, so step one is to raise your hand and say, hi, my name is Sean and I'm an addict, right? I'm addicted to these things. I acknowledge I'm addicted to these things. We just have to understand that we're addicted to them. We are, right? right? Everyone is. And if you say that you're not addicted, you lie. Try going just a week without (laughs) using that. Yeah. Just try. You won't be able to, right? Right. And if you can, God love you. You're probably a monk, right? True. True. God love you even more if you are, right? Or a nun somewhere. Yeah. So the first is acknowledging that you have a problem. That's key. The second step is now do an audit, right? Let's do an mm-hmm. audit of all the applications and the devices that I use on a regular basis that I need, right? You don't okay. need the Candy Crush, you know, video game app that you probably waste <laughs> way too much time on playing during the week, right? Yeah. You don't yeah. need that, right? Yeah. And the other key is, do you know the login and the passwords? for those applications and those those tools. It's mind blowing to me how many people don't know how they even log into the tools that they think are absolutely essential for them to use on a daily basis, right? Like that doesn't make any sense to me, but because it's so convenient, people don't think about it, right? That's why. Mm so this is key and it's no different than saying like, well, I want to start, I want to start growing my own food. Where do I start? Right. It's right. like, well, first you have to figure out what are you even capable of growing? Like how much space you have to do an audit of what do I have available? What am I doing? Like, what do I have? How many people do I need to feed? And what's the climate that I'm in? What grows well here? What kind of see- like you have to do this first planning stage. Um, right. The other analogy I use for people to help them understand this is, you don't just open a new bank account and then all of a sudden all the stuff tied to your old bank account transfers over to the new bank account. Mm-hmm. That's just not how it works. Yeah, You have to document and you have to do an audit of all the things that are in your old bank account, all, all the connections that are tied to that old bank account so that you can call them up and then transfer them over to the new bank account because you're yeah. literally moving your data from one universe to another universe. And it's really from right. one universe to your universe. You're reclaiming all of these things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you need to figure out how you can access all these things and what it is that you're accessing. So that's right. step two. So acknowledge you have a problem, do an audit of all these things, and then you have to decide, okay, should I try my laptop or should I try my phone first? And so you'll get a laptop, you'll get a, a phone. Uh, we call our laptops ghost phones or ghost uh, laptops, and you can go to mark37.com and learn more. It's really just devices that we preload with open source operating systems. We teach people how to do this themselves. Mm-hmm. I would prefer that people do this themselves, honestly. I would prefer that you learn how to do this and you did it yourself. But there's a lot of people who don't have the time. They don't have the technical acumen. They just don't know how to do it. They don't want to struggle through the process. So if that's you, you can just come to our site. We have them available. You could buy it from us. It comes all preloaded. So once you have the device, you don't just 
again, once you open up the new bank account, you don't just all of a sudden start running on the new bank account. You have to start doing the migration and the transfer mm -hmm. over. And that for some people takes a day. You know, my yeah. son and my daughter who I've trained how to do this, when they get a new phone, it takes them five, 10 minutes to figure out how to do this. Hmm. For people who are relatively technically savvy, it takes them about five, 10 minutes. Does it have to be a pixel phone? Has to be a, a pixel phone for it to work on? Or can it be any, I guess, Android compatible phone? So um, specifically for Graphene OS and for Calyx OS, which are two of like the literally the most private and secure open source operating systems that are designed for your privacy and security in mind. And the mm -hmm. key piece there is it literally takes every application that you download and yeah. it puts it in its own little quarantine sandbox okay. so that it can't talk to anything else on the device without it notifying you and you mm -hmm. giving it permission to do so. Okay. Right. So that's key. Right. So nothing's going to be going on on this device without you knowing it. And this right. isn't capable on the LG phones. It's not capable on Samsung phones. It's just not capable on these other phones. People say, well, what about my iPhone? I'm sorry. Apple has done a great job making that its own walled universe. Mm -hmm. And you can't have, um, you can't run these types of private secure operating systems on Apple devices because they only work with Apple software. That's gotcha. it. Okay. You have to start using it for target practice. Once you've made <laughs> over. But we've got tutorials on how you can migrate over. Yeah. If you're coming yeah. from a Google universe, Google Android over to this, it's really simple. You literally just download an app on the old device and the new device, and you just migrate and transfer stuff over. Um, if you're coming from the iCloud universe, it takes a little bit longer. But the key is this. You get the device. You start to transfer things over because this is just a mini computer at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Yeah. I don't need a SIM card in this. I just need a Wi-Fi connection to really run things. So once I set this up and I get it working and dialed in and all the applications I want, then all I do is I take the SIM card and all that SIM card is doing is it's identifying to the carrier that you're working with, whether it's AT&T or T-Mobile or Cricket or Patriot Mobile or whatever. It identifies to the carrier that this phone number is now tied to this device. So when you take that out of the old phone and you put it into the new phone, all of your phone calls and all your text messages are going to start get routing routed to the new phone so then you're off to the races and you're using the new device and if you're coming from the i uh the i iphone world yes some things are a little bit different uh and how you use it and how you search for things and find things but it might take you a week to get used to it but you'll get it's like driving a new car right you have to get used to right. where the different things are in the car oh mm -hmm. the start starts now a button i don't have to plug anything it's now a button um <laughs> you know you just have to yeah. get used to the new tool because this is a tool like anything else. It can be used for good. It can be used for bad. Right. It's a tool. You just have to get used to using the new tool. Cool. True. So true. Those, those are the three steps. I literally have an article called Three Steps to, to, to Digital uh, Freedom. Yeah. Um, and it talks about just that, which you can find on mark37.com. If you go to the blog section, um, you'll find all kinds of articles on there. And on walking people through this. Because as you can imagine, over 15, the last 15 months, I've had this conversation yes. all day, every day with people who are saying, well, what do I do? Right. How do I, I want to make this happen. I want to stop feeding these companies that are trying to kill me. I just don't know what to do. What do I do? So we've yeah. spilled it all out for them. So you also have what you call what, the privacy boot camps, right? The data privacy boot camps that you go around and teach yeah. people this as well, right? Okay. Yeah, so this is groups um, that, you know, what, what I found works extremely well. And the reality is this, there are communities of people across this country who who get what's going on in the world, are fired up, and they're taking action. 
they meet on either a weekly, every other week, or at least once a month basis. And they're constantly trying to educate themselves on what's going on, whether it's anti-human trafficking, whether it's what's going on, the garbage that's going on in the schools, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, J6 stuff, whether it's uh, election integrity, whatever, you know, I could go on and on and on and on, right? Right. You're constantly getting educated, trying to teach and learn. Those groups are prime targets. So if you know of any of these groups or any of your listeners are in these groups, I'd love to talk to you guys. What I do is I come and I basically spend four or five hours with your community. I've got a whole presentation that's actually on, on my website. If you go to the website, um, it's all there. You can even watch it, you know, virtually. Um, but I come in, I come live because I've found that breaking bread with people, shaking hands, giving people hugs is where the mm -hmm. magic happens. And people really, you know, for me, I want to build relationships with the people who are on the front lines of this right. war right now so that I can help them and they can help me um, with everything that we're doing right now, because it's, right. that's how this community is going to, how we're going to spark freedom across this country at the end of the day. And yeah. at the end of the day, I, I want to leave you with this story because I think we're running over time, but literally the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, Sean, is because God spoke to me hmm. on January 6th when all hell broke loose in the Capitol. And I'm mm -hmm. telling you, I was warning my, my wife will attest. She wanted to go. And I said, don't go. This is going to be a big setup. Yeah. You're going to have some kind of false flag attack happen. They're not going to allow for this public debate on what happened with the election to happen in front of these hundreds of millions of people that are watching on TV right now. They're going to do set this up as a massive false flag attack. And they're going to try to pin it on Trump. And, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. right? right. So I'm literally on my knees, on my face, in tears, pleading with the Lord, because I'm like, Lord, I'm so tired of being right about these things. It's driving me crazy. Um, this is insane. I need to help educate people on a massive level to help change this dynamic and, and really get people smarter so they don't walk themselves into these types of traps, right? Right, right. Um, and literally, the people on the front lines of the war right now, from election integrity, you name it, are using these devices that are being used against them because they're recording the entire conversation. You're having right. a group meeting about how you're going to take back uh, your local government. That whole conversation is being recorded. Yeah. It's being recorded. And for the right amount of money, if I wanted, I could buy that whole conversation. People don't yeah. realize this. And right. yet they continue to use Zoom. They continue to use these Microsoft <laughs> Teams. And I'm like, are you kidding? What are you doing? So yeah. I'm like, Lord, this has to stop. This has to change. And the Lord said, parallel infrastructure. That's all he said was parallel infrastructure. And I was like, yeah. you're right. That's what needs to be built. So I went about building it. And that's what I've been focused on. And I'm telling you, Sean, every time I start deviating and being like, Lord, I got bills to pay. I walked yeah. away from a very lucrative career doing what I was doing to focus on, you know, slinging cell phones and laptops, like <laughs> working with, you know, 68 year old grandma who I love working with them and educating them. But I'm like, yeah. Lord, I, I have to make money to support my family. I've got three kids. You know, I'm like, I need to do this. But he's literally smacked me upside the head and taught me what the fear of God is because what I've learned is I do not want to have this conversation with my Lord and Savior when I die. Nope. Which is when nope. he looks at me and says, Sean, I told you exactly what I wanted you to do. You knew mm -hmm. exactly what your mission was. And you said you didn't want to do it. Why? Because of why, Sean? Because you were afraid when you have right. me backing you, when you have me giving you guidance through this whole thing, you're telling me yeah. that you were afraid. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, right. who raises the dead and moves mountains. And you're telling me you were afraid when that really sunk in for me. And I was like, holy smokes. That's when. 
all fear inside of me just went mm-hmm. away and I realized oh. I'm, I'm in it to serve. Yep. And if we look at the lives of the great saints and apostles, did they live comfy, happy, footloose, mm-hmm. fancy free lives in big castles? No, 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 no they, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. And that's, and man, we can really get into a whole nother topic about the American church and where that is and how we're lazy with the live this seeing church. We're fat lazy think we have everything because that's the reason why i started this channel man because i mean especially in like the community that that i'm primarily speaking to how they've driven god out of the community and replaced it with government dependence and the lord just really spoke to my heart because a lot of people don't know who he is and so i'm here to tell people who he really is not this fake social gospel religious stuff that you've been Push down your throat for the past 60 something years, but who God really is. So, so yeah. that's, that's inspiring, man. I'm glad to hear that. that that's, that's, that's real, real good. Real, real well, good. If you ever want, want me to come back and, and oh, start yeah. yapping yeah. on yeah. that oh, topic. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we got a lot of stuff. We, we ain't even touch on the, the Jekyll Island, the, the Fed and all those things. So, you know, I'm going to have you back home for sure to talk about those things, man. We could talk about a whole number of topics that I'm sure people are eager to learn more about. So before I let you go, I want to ask you this final question. How did you come up with your company's name, Mark 3-7? So that's straight from scripture, man. Mark 3-7. And if you read through it, that's where uh, Christ has healed the, the cripple, the hand of the cripple. And the Pharisees are super pissed because he basically called them on the table and proved that they were um, idiots. Mm-hmm. to their face and, and in public, which he did many times, but this is one of the first times that he did. And he knew that they were going to try to kill him. So he went down to the sea and it says, and he went down the sea to the sea and the multitudes followed him. And it starts listing off all the different regions where people yep. left everything to follow Christ at the sea. Thousands left everything. They left their families. Mm-hmm. They left their jobs. They didn't know how they were going to feed themselves. They didn't know where they were going to go to the bathroom. They didn't know where they were going right. to sleep. Right. They didn't know how they were going to pay for any of this. They just knew there was a guy doing some crazy, miraculous stuff. And they knew that this system that they were in was broken and not providing them fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to go check this thing out. So they took a leap of faith to go out and just follow Christ. And I believe that we're in those times right now where the wheat is being separated from the chafe right now. And people are starting to realize, holy crap, this matrix that I live in is an illusion. Nearly everything I've been taught since I was a kid is probably a lie. And what is the one thing that I do know to be true? And for me, I know it's it's this Christ right here. Right. This is the one thing that I know to be true in my heart of hearts and my soul of soul. I know this one thing to be true. So for me, I just stay focused on that. And those are the people that I'm surrounding myself with who are focused on Christ and focused on the mission and are living without fear. Because when you're living without fear in this process. Yeah. Miracles do happen, right? Yes, they do. He's still a miracle working God. I mean, Galatians 2.20. I mean, we, you know, we, we crucify with Christ. We don't go live. You know, we live in him. So it's so, and I think I agree with you. We're getting to that stage. A lot of people are recognizing that they need God, that they need him like they need water, like they need air, which the way it should be. And they're willing to do whatever it takes to follow him, that they're not preoccupied with their occupation. I mean, everybody wants to make money. Everybody wants to live a, a comfortable life. But in these days, and, and, and it's so funny, people always talk about 
I wish I lived during the Bible days. Well, you're living in them. You're living in the time right now. What these are you going to do about times, it? My friend. <laughs> these are these are the times of the of when the church first was started. And the same, I believe this wholeheartedly. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. And the same miracles that we saw in Acts are going to be repeated now, but right. only for the people who are truly committed and truly sold out. Not right. for the lukewarm people, not for the fake people who will bend the knee whenever somebody tells them to, who kept their churches closed during COVID, but the real people that had their doors open who trust and rely upon God. Right. So, so, so let's maybe we can wrap on this in the next time, but I want I also yeah. want to leave your listeners with this, right? When, because people ask me a lot, they say, Oh, Sean, so you have this relationship with God, and believe me, I've I've been focusing and, and working on this relationship that I have with God and, and Jesus for a long time. Peaks and yeah. valleys, you know, lots yeah. of peaks, big roller coaster ride. But I've been working on it, and I've been reading scripture, and I've been praying, right? And what people don't realize when when they say, "Well, I don't know what the voice of God sounds like," I ask them, "Do you read scripture?" And when you pray, is it simply you asking for things, or do you try to have a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if you want to hear the voice of God, but you're not reading the Word of God, and you're not spending time trying to listen for mm -hmm. God. How in the world are you going to learn what God's voice is? Right. You're not. Unless You're not. by some miracle, he yes. decides that he needs to impact your life in a very yes. real way. Right? Yes. Yeah. So I encourage people, if you really want to hear, I'm wondering where it is that God's leading me, what he wants for my life. Ask and you shall receive. Yes. Right? And spend time in the word. That's the most important thing. Spend time in the word. Spend time. And it doesn't have to be a religious exercise. God wants to be with you every single second. Every, you don't have to go in your little corner and pray for 30 minutes. He's right there. You can talk to God throughout the day. It doesn't have to be some religious exercise, man. And that's what people have to understand. He wants, he's Emmanuel. He's with us. He's not just with you on Sunday morning or in your 15 minutes in the corner. Every single day, you spend time listening and training yourself. You hear him. Trust me, I, I know for a fact you'll hear him loud and clear. Yeah, yeah, man, awesome, man, Sean. This has been great. I mean, we could talk all night for sure, but but um, thank you once again. I've enjoyed the conversation. I'm definitely gonna have you back for sure. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, brother, for the work you're doing, and just let me know whenever you want to wrap again. Will appreciate it. Peace, brother. Peace.